Hey, hi, hey, hello, hurrah, we're here. Firebellies is officially in your ears, spoken into the world. It exists and amazing episodes are coming. I'm so excited to share these conversations with you. I want to start this one with a story and a devotion a devotion to a version of myself, a younger version of myself. When I was 14 years old, my dad had just passed away and I had moved to a new school. So year seven, eight and nine happened in two separate schools in my hometown. So there were two options, one school or the other. And then for year 10 and 11, both schools piled into one bigger school. So I had moved to the one bigger school and half of my classmates were people who knew me and half of them were people who didn't. We had a new English teacher and she said, I would like everyone in the class to share something interesting about themselves. And so everyone one at a time shared their name and something interesting about themselves so that she could get to know us all. And when she came to me, I froze. And I said, my name's Yana. And I don't think there's anything interesting about me. A childhood friend of mine who I had known since I was four years old, we'd been through all of our schooling together at that point. She kept whispering, Bali, Bali, Yana, Bali. Bali is something interesting about you but I still froze. And she said, Bali, Bali, Bali. And then I said, I've been to Bali 15 times. I was so afraid of announcing something that set me apart from others. I was really afraid of claiming myself and claiming my life and claiming the joy and the beauty of it. And so... This episode is for her. This episode is a devotion to all that she could not claim. And it is me bringing her in and saying, this one's for you. Here's five interesting things about me today um, so that you can get to know me. Number one, like my friend said, Bali. Bali is where we'll begin. Because why not? I was seven months when my parents first took a trip to Bali to find silversmiths and workshops that they could work with fair trade. My family still work with the same workshops today and part of their fair trade policy involved connection, personal connection with the people. And so as my parents every year went back to see their producers, I ran around the courtyards and got to meet Bali for myself. And this really is where a lot of my personal conundrums and the things that I'm still untethering and untangling from today and trying to understand about myself and about the world are really planted and rooted in Bali, 
I fell in love with the dancers and I wanted to be a dancer. But being a dancer for me was being a Balinese dancer, not a hip hop dancer or a ballet dancer or you name it. And so from a very young age, I already started to ask, how could I be a dancer if I wasn't Balinese? Something about personal identity and artistic expression has become very interwoven for me. And a lot of my teasing open of the human experience is through the observation of artistic spaces. Artistic spaces that are often cultural and steeped in spirituality. And so there is also a merging of the the mysticism and the artistry and the change that can occur through really keeping our eyes and our heart open in those spaces as we move through them. And so I guess Bali is the first interesting thing about me. I was 15 when I went for the 15th time. I was 19 when I went for the 16th time and I haven't been back since. And so there's a a longing in my heart to reconnect and also a complexity with the island. And um, yeah, that's just a journey for me to continue unraveling through. Number two, I was, prior to recording this, asking my husband what he thinks is interesting about me. And he said, well, what age did you start drinking and what age did you stop? He knows the answer, of course. I was 14. It was around that same time when I couldn't answer the question of what was interesting about me that I started to drink and I started to drink in the context of grief and in the context of a small fishing village on the northeast coast of England that held a very deep drinking culture where you drink to get drunk that is the purpose of drinking why else would you drink and so my first experience of drinking alcohol was rushing to down half a liter of vodka as quick as I could with a friend of mine on the clifftop and my grief and my challenge with reality just spewed and I spewed and it was the very opposite of charming or elegant it was messy and it was emotional and it was unhinged, and it was my attempt to escape the challenges of life. When I turned 18, which is the legal age to drink alcohol in the UK where I grew up, I ended a relationship, and I decided that I was done with alcohol. Not entirely done, it was just for that night. I said, not tonight. I don't want to drink alcohol tonight. I would rather stay and figure my life out. I don't want to escape anymore. 
And then the next night I said, not tonight. And then I said, not tonight. And then I continued to say, not tonight, because I just didn't feel like it. And a year later, I realized I'd been saying, not tonight for a year. I'm now 30 years old and I haven't been drunk ever since. I think a lot of my friends uh, use the language restraint when it comes to me. I'm often described as restrained, which is interesting because it's not necessarily how I experience myself, but I can see where that observation comes from. Um, so my path, my path has been one that brought me to South Africa. I was 21 when I first came to this country. I had fallen in love with Nyanis Odzeze, who is now my husband. And <laughs> after a lifetime of watching my mama really struggle, my mama is German, my dad is English, she really struggled with England. She had moved to England for my dad. I said, I am never, 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 ever, ever in my life going to move to another country for a man. And now the joke is on me because here I am living in South Africa. <laughs> I'm recording this from our beautiful house right now and my husband is in one of the other rooms with our daughter who is one year, five months. She is a delight. You have likely seen her on social media if you follow me. She's growing amazingly and we love her so, so, so much. So in my journey with Nyanizo, I have... <sighs> encountered a lot of uh, cultural context for spirituality, ancestral practice, um, within Xhosa culture especially. And so I have been traditionally initiated as a Makoti, as a wife, and I have learned how to make Umkhomboti, which is the, the brew that they, uh, sorry, the beer that they brew for the ancestors and... Um, I have learned the, the cultural ways to a degree. There is always a learning. There is always more to understand and more to unfold in that realm. But I think that my uh, personal interaction and the things that I have learned through my relationship with Nyeneso has been pivotal to a lot of what I am interested in and, and what I find interesting about myself. I mean, so much so that those stories make up a large portion of my first book, which will be out later this year. It's called The Fire in My Belly. Um, yeah, my wife name, the name that my husband's family now call me is Nomta. So Nomta is my Magoti name. I still use Yana. I prefer Yana. I identify with Yana much more strongly. Um, there's a whole journey for me with that name that maybe I'll speak to on another episode. But for now, that's my number three, uh, being married to a Kosa man living in South Africa and having journeyed his uh, cultural context pretty deeply, I'd say. Number four... <laughs> and I guess this one links to being in South Africa. At the beginning of 
COVID, March 2020, when the lockdowns hit, I was in a very specific, very particular predicament to do with different nationalities and countries and paperwork. And sparing you the details, I ended up spending a week in a detention center at Oatambo Johannesburg Airport. It was a very intense, very traumatic experience. I was released two hours before lockdown and so went straight into lockdown to process the aftermath of that. When I was speaking to my husband about this, he said, I don't think the interesting thing is that you were in the detention centre. I think the interesting thing is the fact that you stayed there and you fought when so many others were quick to leave. I think what's interesting is the fight that you put up to stay and everything that that means about you. And it's interesting how I took that and I received that as a reflection and as a reminder of everything that I stood for, everything that I stand for, everything that matters most to me. There were lots of details and lots of layers to that story um, that may be unpacked at a future date. In fact, one of my episodes is with the wife of the lawyer who supported me in that process. So you'll hear me speaking to her about that context a little bit in future episodes. But yeah, I guess my fight for, it was my first experience fighting for something rather than fighting against something. And the way that I got to witness my philosophies, my principles, my way of moving, my magic, and also paradoxically my privilege in that space was really uh, empowering and beautiful and challenging too. So yeah, I was in a detention center for a week in Johannesburg fighting to be with my husband, among other things. Number five which is the final interesting thing about me. I'm sure there are many interesting things, but here we go. Number five, (laughs) again prompted by my husband, he said, I think the way that you have a uh, deep connection to birth and motherhood and always have for as long as I've known you is something that's interesting about you. I for many, 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 many years have loved watching natural birth videos online. For me, it's one of the most empowering things to see. If ever I was questioning my capability or my capacity as a woman or as a human even in this world, for me, watching those videos gave me a, just a fire. It put a fire in my belly. And I always knew that the experience of giving birth was an important moment in my life, that it would be. And so a lot of my journey into myself, a lot of my journey into my body, into my womb, into my trauma was 
guided by the desire to start doing the work ahead of time for my birth and to give my child the the best possible start in life. I think for me, having journeyed a lot of my own personal troubles, there's been a lot that's anchored in my own birth. So my own birth story, my own entrance into the world and the repatterning of that has informed a lot of how I understand myself. I believe in many ways that the birth imprint that is upon us from how we enter the world makes up a large part of how we move in the world. And, you know, I I also like to take that away from any kind of right or wrong or better or worse analogy. I have just been very driven by my own desires for a particular kind of birth. So when my daughter was born in our home, natural home birth, born to her dad's hands, (laughs) I'm laughing because you couldn't have... um, orchestrated a more graphic view of birth for him like just yes to him yes to my husband for that moment that was such a beautiful moment for me to experience the fact that I got to experience that mattered a lot to me and I feel very thankful and very grateful for that and for everything that I did over the past many, many, many years to contribute to that moment. Yeah, birth has always moved me and motherhood has always felt important to me. And so now having this beautiful human, our daughter in our lives is very, very, very magical and such a delight. Her first word was shoo. And then when my mama was here recently, she started to wave and say, choose, choose, which is bye-bye. So shoe and then choose and then ball, ball, ball. <laughs> and yesterday she started to say dog. So her words are coming and yeah, watching her grow is amazing. Here I am going on as any mother does about their child. And um, who knows whether that's interesting or not, but it is alive and it's part of me and my world. And so I am sharing it. Five things that I am interested in. And I love the discernment between interesting and interested. It's something that was brought to me in a dance process. I was part of a cast And the choreographer said, don't focus on being an interesting dancer. Focus on being an interested dancer. Be interested. And I really took that into my life. And so I seek to be interested and to follow the things that I am interested in. It also kind of links to my dad often saying, only boring people get bored. Which I don't know is entirely true, but... Um, yeah, perhaps it's what makes up my aversion to boredom. Maybe I could do with, um, getting better at being bored. Maybe we all could. We have such short attention spans now, don't we? Anyway, 
I digress. One of the things that I am interested in is people. I love people and it's a huge part of what makes up the fact that this podcast is here, the fact that Firebellies is being born and has arrived. Humans, people, their stories, the way that they are. Like humans are so great. I like to say people are people and people will people because people are people and people will people. It's amazing. Humans never cease to fascinate, amuse, move me in so many different ways. And I think, you know, if I look at my my love for the world, so much of it is a love for people. So much of it is just a wide-eyed, oh my goodness, we are alive and look at people doing amazing things. Look at all the amazing things that we do, whether it's acts of kindness or like ridiculous feats. I, I really feel like the more we express ourselves and the more we emit, the more God is birthed through us. And maybe that's going into a philosophical space that I don't need to really unpack right now. But one of the things that interests me the most that I'm interested in is people. Another thing that I'm really interested in is the mythical and the mystical and the way that we make meaning in life, which links into stories. I remember when my dad died, I used to get really angry, really, really, really frustrated about people saying, well, everything happens for a reason. And I used to say, no, stop it. Take out the reason. Everything just happens. Forget about the reason. Forget about the reason. Everything just happens. And now over the years, as time has progressed, I've become more interested in the reason. The reason being the meaning that we make. I'm interested in the meaning that we make and I think that we prescribe meaning to narrate our lives so that we can comprehend them and that for me is interesting. What are the many ways that we narrate the mystical, the mythical, the legendary, the unspeakable, the uncapturable, the unboxable? What are the many ways that we interact and interface with those spaces that can't really be put to words. And still, as humans, we put words to them and we bring vision in and metaphor and we do our best to capture. I find that really beautiful, <laughs> the fact that we continuously try to capture the things that are uncapturable, myself included, all the time. I find that interesting. The third thing that I find interesting is our interconnectedness as humans and there's something beautiful for me about the way that technology is enabling me to speak right now. I'm in a room in my house, we call it the blue room, the walls are blue, there's a big bear sitting next to me in kind of a makeshift situation that my friend has helped me to put in place and a little kind of white chandelier above my head and 
it's amazing that I can I can be here and I can speak to you and now I get to reach you in your world wherever you are and move you and the ripple effect and that the way that my choices right now will ripple beyond my awareness and that there's this kind of invisible interconnectedness that that makes life happen and makes life move for us all that for me is really beautiful I remember one time an incredible woman, Deezy Bamford, maybe I'll bring her on the podcast sometime. She once said, don't ever, ever, ever think that you're doing anything alone. Because you see the bricks of your house, someone made them. And that tap, someone installed it. And the water that you drink, someone else treated it. And that, and we can go on and on and on listing all of the things that other human hands and other human lives have made possible. That for me is just like a, oh my God. Like, can we just like, can we go and adventure in that space? Can we please? (laughs) So the interconnectedness of events and thoughts and feelings and happenings and human stories really moves me. And I think that the intention for this podcast is to bring a new interconnectedness to the many people and places and communities and realms that my life exists within. Cultural awareness is my number four thing that I am interested in. And this has many facets to it. I am very aware of my existence as a white woman. It's a conversation that's been very alive for me throughout my life and really came to its height when I chose to fall in love with a Xhosa man and come to South Africa where racial conversations are loud and large and at the surface. Prior to that, I was um, very fortunate to have a lot of friends who spoke about their experiences um, in relation to colonization and whiteness and blackness and, um, yeah, a lot of my friends who are mixed heritage as well, speaking to their experience and me finding points of connection Uh, through being British German and also points of, uh, I'm making a move right now. I don't know what the word is for this move, this move like points of tension or um, I don't know what, okay, let me find the word. This is how I write. I move and I feel, and then I go, what's the word for that feeling? Points of internal conflict. Sometimes I would find internal conflict in those conversations, but I feel very fortunate that so much of my life has been immersed in these conversations. And then throughout my childhood, being immersed in a lot of different cultural music and artistic expression, a lot of which is very spiritual and at times religious, I think has made for a inability to access just one example of reality. Um, 
And so I'm very interested in how different realities intersect and if they do and how they do and where they do and why they do and the ripple effect of the way that cultures have moved and evolved. And I share that with you because that's going to be a theme in this podcast, for sure. Cultural awareness, whether it is um, from a personal perspective, a uh, you know, identity perspective, a belonging perspective, a uh, systemic or um, more close to home, like like big and small, <laughs> large and little. I am interested in these conversations and they really move me and they are conversations that I can pour myself into and keep my ears and my eyes and my heart open to for a very, very, very long time. I have a lot of stamina for these topics. And so, yeah, you can expect a lot of that here. The final thing that I am interested in is the emotional realm and how we choose to feel and articulate our way through experiences, be it trauma, be it the stories that we hold in our minds and the visionscapes that we have to deal with. I'm very interested in wellness from a perspective of the emotional body and how to bring wellness not only to the individual but to the collective through the processing of emotions and through the articulation of emotions and through the excavation of those emotional spaces. It is another space that I have a lot of stamina for and I continue to learn about both through the work that I facilitate and have been facilitating for years and also just through life to life and day to day and my own experience and my own excavation as an emotional clearing practitioner. I think that the articulation of emotions is very synonymous for me with artistry and artistic expression. And when it comes to my own writing or movement or self-articulation by any means really there is an interest in the internal experience and the way that that informs everything else so there's five things that I am interested in and five interesting things about me <laughs> I hope that this has been interesting for you if it has I imagine you're really going to enjoy the conversations that are coming, I have spoken to and will continue to be speaking to an incredible array of people from all walks of life, speaking to them about the mystical, the mythical, the identity, the cultural, all of the things that interest me will be infused and embedded into these conversations because these conversations are driven by me as a host asking questions that I am genuinely curious to hear the answers to. I trust that in tuning into Firebellies, this podcast that I am bringing to the world, you will learn things, you will feel things, you will question things, you will ponder 
you will feel comforted, you will feel challenged, you may tussle, tussle being like that uh, thing that internally happens when we choose to get our teeth into the contents of life. And I welcome it all. I welcome you to bring yourself as you listen. Make yourself comfortable. Move in whatever way feels true for you. Feel free. Feel at home here. Feel comfortable to really get your teeth into the contents of this podcast. I hope that it feels good in your being to interact with it. And I'm just really excited for the continuation of this. I think it's going to be really, really beautiful. I know, I know it's going to be really beautiful. It is. It's going to be so beautiful. The episodes that are coming are truly wonderful and deep and meaningful and contemplative and intentional and cared for, very, very cared for. Ah, so I guess that's me. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this. Thank you for tuning in. I guess here's where we formally cut the proverbial ribbon on this podcast and open up fire bellies to the world. This is the grand opening, so to speak. Seriously, though, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time to sit with me and be with me in this conversation. I hope that you feel ignited by it and yes for it and that something has landed for you. I'd love to hear in the comments of any of my spaces, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere else, what has sparked for you in listening to this and what you hope to receive or hear more about in upcoming episodes. Some will be conversational and some will be solo cast just like this. <sighs> yeah, this is going to be good. It's going to be real good. It already is good. Welcome, 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 welcome. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do share with your friends, like, subscribe, comment. I'd love to hear what moved you and how this one reached your world. My name is Jana Fade Zerze. Thank you for being here. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Until the next one. <laughs>